everybody. Welcome back to another great episode here at at the movies with uh, Scorpio Moon and the Jackal. That's me. I'm Angel Espino. I am a podcaster, webmaster, and producer, and you can find my work over at angelespino.com. With me, as always, is the one and only, the great Scorpio Moon. And I am coming from over 10 years now, mostly in the comic book and nerd-related comic book review and movie-type websites, podcasts, and radio stations. I've made my reputation on being fair and balanced. Don't get me wrong, we all definitely have our biases, but I'll definitely always find that separation between the objective and the subjective part of a review. And before we continue, remember, folks, hit the subscribe button, the notification, and give us the finger, you know, the the thumbs up. (laughs) We need that thumbs up. So, and any comments, leave them down below. Now, with that out of the way, let's get on with the show. I think we've opened the gates of hell. Hey, have you missed us? Ah, ah, the Ghostbusters. What a battleground franchise this has become, especially online among the nerd crowd. So, so, how would I call this? Um, A sacred cow is what I'd call this. It's really a sacred cow movie for so many people. So, with this being so important and so beloved by so many people, for my review, I'm going to use the analogy of a cuckold. A cuckold or a cuck, of course, being the phrase for when you're forced to watch your loved one. <laughs> when you're forced to watch your beloved have sex with someone else is kind of how I approach seeing something you love so much be endlessly sequelized or remade or you know brought back again in such a different way. Now, the um, 2016 Ghostbusters movie, the one with the all-female gimmick, of course, um, for what it's worth, I always thought that movie was probably a little more in spirit, pun intended, with the old Ghostbusters movie, with its very raunchy, raunchy humor. But again, going back to my analogy, when they remade the movie for that, that Ghostbusters movie took your girl away for a dirty weekend to Vegas, rode her hard, and put her away wet. Trust me, she was feeling it after that one. now this ghostbusters movie though ghostbusters afterlife yeah it had its way with your girl but it was gentle with her respectful might even be the word you know it made love to her but at the end of the day it it still got one over on you and you still watch someone else's sex with your girl i mean look um i could probably just stop the review right there but to, to explain a little bit i mean Come on, it's one thing to chum the waters with a little bit of fan service, but when it comes to all the references and such, this movie had all the subtlety of an exotic dancer trying to sell you a lap dance after her performance at the strip club. This wasn't fan service, this was just straight up nostalgia bait, and I'm sorry, but I'm not buying it. Well, I think I had a completely different uh, view of this. I absolutely love this movie. I thought that uh, some of the uh, nostalgia bait, as you put it, was well served because of the way the storyline forms. Uh, you know, they have uh, the whole thing with uh, Egon and uh, his family being the uh, the main cast on this thing. And uh, what I love about the film is the simple aspect of the really made it and they try to make this as horror based yet with jokes as possible unlike the reboot which was just a straight-up comedy the original ghostbusters 
while it was a comedy movie, it had that element of horror in it. Now, it wasn't a gory horror movie or anything like that, but it did have the horror elements. And I like the fact that he brought that back on this one. Um, I love the cast. Paul Rudd was great. The kids were all fantastic. Very diverse cast. Um, I I think this worked beautifully, especially, you know, the ending where you have uh, the the... And I don't want to ruin if anybody hasn't seen the movie yet, but the last 20 minutes of this thing is nearly a tearjerker for the diehard fans who wanted to see the last ride of the Ghostbusters, at least the original crew. And this movie did something, even with the death of Harold Ramis, who played Egon in the original series, uh, they managed to do something that Star Wars didn't do for the sequels. They gave us that last moment where we actually got to see the original crew back together for one last fight. And yeah, there are some nostalgic uh, moments. You you almost expect that because it's so many years later that they're going to go back to like, you know, the devil dogs, uh, the joke of, are you a God? You know, and you have the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, which we all saw in the trailers, you know, the little mini Marshmallow Man. Uh, so, I mean, there is definitely references to the original Ghostbusters, but for somehow, in some way, this one had worked, for me anyway, unlike the uh, initial one that came out in 2016, the reboot, that just completely failed because they tried to do those things there with uh, Slimer and... Uh, again, they had you know a lot of the references to the original movie while that was a reboot, but that was just done in such a non-funny comedic way. It's like to me, none of those jokes landed, and that was the main problem. The cast didn't work, the director didn't work, the effects were too fancy. This one had a more of a grounded feel to it, which was more like the original. Even that one kid that befriends Egon's granddaughter feels like Dan Aykroyd. Like, if you're watching Nacroid as a kid. So, I mean, they really captured the spirit of what the Ghostbusters, I thought, was, which is a funny thing to say. They captured the spirit. But, I mean, it works for me. And I know that uh, I think I liked it a little bit more than you. Did you enjoy anything of this movie at all? Or? Well, look, don't be wrong. I did. I did. Probably more in the beginning. I feel like the end of it just was too much redoing what they already did. And I want to talk to that in a second. But no, I like the beginning a lot, actually. Um, a little dark, maybe, whereas I, yeah. I really see Ghostbusters more of a screwball comedy. You know, but the beginning was almost like this old Western Ghostbusters, like the last stand at the cabin. I thought it was actually pretty artfully shot and pretty well done. And, you know, it was tense, you know, seeing like, you know, one lone Ghostbuster trying to like make his last stand in, in this like, you know, scary situation. And then they... They did something cute with the EKG meter, you know, mm. with the meter there to kind of show yep. you what had happened. I thought that was pretty, pretty artistic. Like, that was well done. The, the beginning got me going. It's just, um, you know, you brought up Star Wars to this. I'm, I'm sure every review is doing the Force Awakens comparison, so we're not going to rehash the whole <laughs> remake, reboot, soft reboot, whatever you want to call it. Right. But it's not since Force Awakens that I've seen a movie so desperate for you to like it. This movie, every five seconds, is, hey, look at me, remember this Ghostbusters reference, literally just doing lines re over again from the old movies. And when they didn't, when they didn't have a line to redo, they were just literally splicing clips from the old Ghostbusters movie. Well, again, remember, they had to kind of like bring us back to that world. And that's one of the things uh, that so many years have passed. 
Uh, they had to explain why, you know, we're going through this adventure once again. And I, I do like the cast being younger because now you get to see more sequels with this cast than one or two movies. I think they can stretch this out to three or four movies, maybe more. Uh, and not only that, you could have, uh, you know, movies that deal with different uh, things and themes. But I think to catch up and kind of restart the franchise without rebooting it, it's kind of neat the way they did it. And I agree, the very beginning, it really works, uh, especially with the Egon, uh, you know, death scene in the very beginning. You know, not to spoil it for anybody, but this has to do with his family. And that sequence, when his essence uh, starts to communicate with his granddaughter, I thought was beautiful the way they're playing chess. You know, there's so so many little elements which I found really well written. Uh, My hat's off to Jason Reitman for, I think, a beautiful, you know, nod to uh, Harold Ramis and... Uh, for really doing justice, I believe, to this series. I love the movie. It's actually right now my current favorite movie of 2021. Mm. Uh, and with that said, uh, I give it an A+. I really enjoyed this movie a great deal. What, what are your thoughts uh, on a final grade for this? Final grade, I'm going C- minus at best, borderline wow. D-plus territory here. Um, you know, again, I mean, there, there were things I liked about it a little bit, but at the end of the day... When you rely so much on the old movies to tell your story and you're just recreating them at parts, you're not telling enough of your own story for me. Not enough of your own movie. I didn't feel like I watched a movie. I felt like I watched an hour and a half of Ghostbuster references. You know, I could drink with my friends and rewatch Ghostbusters and get as much out of it as yeah, you so That's you not so low. You gotta admit, though, I mean, at least, you know, with that out of the way now, the next few movies could really just jump forward and tell its own story. Uh, now that we're caught up and we're back in this world of ghostbusting, and uh, you don't have to rely on the nostalgia part of it because they got that out of the way. So, I mean, there has been a, a lot of uh, references to, like, The Force Awakens online, like you said. I've seen some of that stuff. But again, this did for me what Star Wars did not do. It gave us that last ride with the original crew and the ending. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a beautiful thing. If you're a fan of the original two movies, uh, I'm telling you that you might shed a tear. And uh, I, I loved it. So now on to the next flick. Now so Resident Evil. The nice thing about this versus, say, a Ghostbusters movie is your source material here is the video games. So you're not quite as beholden to the old movies as far as honoring them or taking pieces from them. You're not worried about it being a reboot or remake, per se. More just kind of taking another crack at it is the way I look at this one here. For what it's worth, I probably like the old one a little bit better. Like, you know, the very first Resident Evil movie was actually pretty good. As far as a video game movie, you know, not a lot of video game movies are actually very, very good. 
I mean, I thought that one was a very tight, well-told, claustrophobic survival horror story. Maybe taking some more liberties with the way they played it out, but, you know, great soundtrack, very spooky. You know, I thought that was objectively a pretty good movie. <laughs> of course, from there, that that franchise just went right off the rails in no time flat. Um, They were all pretty slick, you know, cool sci-fi action horror movies. Yeah, they just went... You know, full full squirrel nuts crazy, you know, with all the, you know, the clone armies and, and the wildness with the monster mutations. You know, they definitely went off the deep end in a lot of ways, but that's what I appreciated about it. Uh, with this one, you know, like, they kind of wanted to go a little more back to basics with this more or less being like a prequel is they want, the way they wanted to play it. But it's more or less looking at like the first two games as far as what they told. Visually, I thought they told it pretty well. You know, there's a lot of scenes like in the mansion or, you know, up against the gate where I'm like, I remember that scene from the game. Exactly. That was pretty fun as someone who's played these games. But I thought this movie wasn't quite like objectively good enough to really land, but not as crazy as the old ones either to really be just, you know, popcorn entertainment. I have to agree on a, a lot of what you said. Now, one thing I did love about this movie is the horror element of it, um, which was missing in the sequels, I think, of the other ones, because they try to go more for the gore aspect, uh, especially, like you mentioned, the creatures and uh, the, the mutations and stuff. I, I actually enjoyed the different levels uh, of the mansion and the different aspects here. I like the fact that it's very dark and most of the movie is done in the dark. That really reminds me of the video games because the video games, for the most part, are very dark and very like moody type of games, and that's what brings you know the jump scares out. And I I like the fact that they tried really hard to inject that into this version of uh, of Resident Evil, unlike the original one. With and look, I'm a big Mila Jovovich fan. I love her work and I like what she did in the first two movies, but after the second movie, it started really like just you know becoming repetitive and it jumped out of the box into something that didn't even feel like Resident Evil, to be honest. Uh, it felt like its own different thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think it, it initially ended up failing for me. I like the fact that this is a prequel reboot of the franchise so they can go forward with different elements here and tell you more stories as long as they keep it horror-based, they keep it dark, they keep it gritty. I think they're more true on this one to the original games than they were in the uh, in the initial movies with Mila Jovovich. I like the fact that you don't have uh, a lot of mutations, but you have a lot of the zombie stuff. The The way the cops look, look like the video games. Uh, you know, they actually are kind of dressed very similar. Uh, the mansion I thought was fantastic. The, the girl with the leather face thing going on. I forgot her name. I thought she was really good. The one that says, I'm friend. I'm your friend. She gives her the key. So there's even things like that where she gives her the key, which makes you feel like you're watching the video game. Right? See, it brings that smile to your face. There's Scorpio. Because, you know, there really is that element of the video game in here. And I enjoyed that. I really thought that was well done. So my hat's off to the people that put this together. I think you, you can tell sometimes when somebody's a fan of the project when they actually go ahead and do things like that because it really tells you that they're paying attention to the detail of what made this such a great product to begin with. And I was an old school Resident Evil fan from the, you know, from the very beginning. So to see that visually to me was, you know, really well done. Uh, is there anything that you really feel to, uh, to enjoy in this movie or did you like most of it? 
I think you could I think you could really really nitpick a lot of the characters and the characterizations yeah. versus the video games. I think for a lot of fans, you're not going to be too happy with somehow with how some of the characters come out. Um, I mean, plot wise, I'll give this movie the credit for the way it told its its story. Like, there's a fair amount of actually like like plot that makes sense in here. You know, that was good. I think they tried a little hard to take like two, maybe three games worth of story though, and condense them into one movie. You know, I think they should have trusted themselves a little bit more to be like, look, you're probably going to get another sequel. You don't have to tell two games worth of stuff now. You know, kept it even a little simpler in that regards. But again, though, this movie just, it just didn't land for me because I felt it was like a little mm. too simple in what it was trying to do, but without, you know, not enough craziness from the, from the old ones. Um, I, I, I can see that, but I mean, remember, this is Welcome to Raccoon City, so, uh, you know, you're going to get more of this. And, uh, you know, I I was looking earlier at the um, IMDb of the director in this, and he doesn't have a whole lot of movie credits that are uh, in this genre. Uh, Johannes Roberts, the uh, director's name, but he has one called Dark Hunters, which is, uh, I believe... Uh, something that you might want to take a look at. It's from 2004. It looks like it's a zombie flick. I'm going to uh, probably end up watching it soon. He's done a few shark movies and stuff. Uh, so he is well aware of what horror you know, is and how it works. And to me, he actually was able to capture that essence and that feel. Uh, again, of uh, the original Resident Evil movies. I don't know if he's going to be involved in any sequel going forward, but I kind of hope he does because uh, I think that there's ground here for improvement. But it was a job well done when it comes to kind of going backwards and rebooting a franchise. They already had six parts. And the one thing I didn't like about the other movies compared to this one is that they became too flashy. They became too shiny. They became too uh, self-aware. Uh, this one, really, the characters had no idea what the hell was going on. They were just trying to get, you know, past the night and survive. There was really a horror element to it, which, again, brought me back to the video games, which I, I grew up watching and loving and playing and being scared out of my mind playing them. Uh, so that part of it I really enjoyed. So my hat's off to uh, Mr. Roberts for doing a good job on there. Johannes Roberts, I'm going to be checking out your work in the future. So I give this one a, a probably like I would say a B minus overall, uh, which is not bad, you know, for being a, a horror movie. I think that's uh, pretty decent. What, what's your grade on this one? Loved your point at the end, by the way. I'm going like maybe C plus, B minus around that territory. Oh, so we're almost on the same page on this one. Yeah, yeah. B minus is. Uh, uh, where I'm at, so C plus, C, you know, B minus. Uh, we could almost agree on there. That's not, that, it's not too bad. And uh, now for the kills. To Michael's childhood home. Someone's in our house. He's coming for me, but I'm coming for him. All right, so you know, we always do a little bit of a theme on these episodes. Um, you know, this theme could easily be, you know, horror and spooky movies, but our theme also today could probably be you know, endless sequels, reboots, rehashes, etc. Because now we're on what the third or fourth Halloween two. At this point, I got to tell you though, I'm surprised how much I liked 
this movie. So I'll get I'll get the negatives out of the way first. Um, there are points where I thought it took itself a little too seriously. And as as a franchise, you know, as far as this reboot version, it, it's a little awkward in some ways. Um, you know, it wants to distance itself from the old movies so badly, but also, you know, includes so much of you know clips and stuff from the old ones too. You know, my worry here is just that they're distancing themselves from the old movies just so that they can use those same old tricks again and present them as new. You know, when they first rebooted this, again, what I loved about it was how, not so much back to basics, but how just, you know, stripped down it was. You know, gone were the familial relations, gone were the supernatural aspects. You know, the new, the new first Halloween was just a brutal, efficient, brutally efficient horror movie. And I appreciate that, but I can already see how we're, we're kind of starting to go down the, um, the same rabbit hole again. It is a little bit my worry there with some of these things, but we're not there yet. So as far as just this movie, this was actually a good, tidy little horror movie. I liked it a lot. Um, it really celebrated you know, the spirit of Halloween. You know, there was a sufficient amount of gore in this movie, and just some really, really great fun, like deathly imagery. You know, whether it's like, you know, using like a, a head or a skull as like a real jack-o'-lantern or some yes. people strung up in <laughs> Halloween costumes. Like, it was like creative and fun, you know, looking kills. Like, there's some great stuff in this, you know. You can really just, you know, enjoy it as, as a good horror movie. Maybe there's not too much to say beyond that, but I just thought it was a fun, fun, enjoyable horror movie. Um, It did almost kind of have, I don't want to say a, a strong theme there, but there's definitely um a tone that it gets about this idea of, you know, mob mentality and, you know, the court of public opinion and stuff. And that's where it might have taken itself a little too seriously at times. But it didn't get overly preachy about it, per se, either. It just almost kind of used it as a bit of like a morality tale about, you know, when you involve yourselves in these things, it might not end up well. And just use that as kind of like the backbone of the horror story that it told. And it was a fun one. You know, I have to uh, completely agree, and I, I've come to the conclusion that one thing you do love is uh, not only gory movies, but you like claustrophobic movies. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I have I had a very similar feeling to this. I'm a huge Halloween fan. I love the Michael Myers story. He's not my favorite slasher. I'm a bigger Freddy Krueger fan. Uh, but I do love the Halloween uh, genre and the Halloween franchise, and I've watched them all. And honestly, I thought that the original Halloween that came out, you know, not the Jimmy Lee Curtis from the 70s, but the prequel to this one, the very first one in this reboot, um, which really was Halloween two so this would be three i mean i don't know how this works anymore uh but i mean when they came out with the one right before this one i was like okay you know they're they're sticking to kind of basics uh they're going back into what worked in the first two movies uh in the 70s and, and 80s uh and they're kind of like you know making it more serious and not going off the deep end like having buster rhymes or you know the rapper of the month in the movie uh the cast that that was great um, the fact that it is very claustrophobic for me worked also. It's it's a very uh, you know grounded movie. Um, everything happens in the t in this small town. I love the cameo of of uh, Doctor Loomis. Uh, you know when he comes uh, out in the movie, not to ruin it for anybody, but there is a scene that they uh, show Loomis in this, and I love uh, a lot of uh, the elements that really ties to the original movies. 
And uh, even Jennifer, uh, uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis, I always call it Jennifer, but Jimmy Lee Curtis, I thought she was great in this. Um, the entire cast just worked as, you know, part of the ensemble here. And you're, like, always wondering, and, I, and at least I was when I was watching this, I was wondering, all right, who's going to get it next? And that's a great thing about the Halloween movies where, you you know, you don't expect to know who's going to die next. Uh, that that was kind of a gloss in the last few movies before they, you know, we did this with the last one, where you almost expected, all right, this guy's going to get killed, this guy's going to get killed. You know, you saw it coming. Here you never really see coming who's going to die next. And I think that really worked well for me. Now, we do have one more to go, apparently, uh, which is going to come out next year called Halloween Ends. Uh, but as we all know, it's never the ending. You know, you're never going to actually get to a end game with these movies. So there'll probably be another uh, reboot. Remember, this is the second of the reboots. We had the Rob Zombie uh, reboot not too long ago. And I thoroughly enjoyed those two movies also for almost the same aspect. They were very grounded and told a linear story that had almost a claustrophobic feel to it also, in, in a sense. But they were a little bit more edgy. You know, Mike Myers in those two movies were was a little bit more of, uh, I would say, a little bit more hardcore in the way he murdered people. And this one, he feels more human, kind of. But... It, it the evil is even more present, I think, in this one than even the Rob Zombie movies. Uh, the fact that he is not easy to kill, uh, doesn't matter what you do to this guy, he's going to get up and he's going to come right back at you. And I love that aspect of it because this is not just a mere human being. This is evil incarnated. And I like the way they saw that in this movie big time. Uh, I liked it a lot. And I remember telling you that I really enjoyed this movie. And you're like, well, I don't know, man. It's so many movies. But, you know, I, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Now, I gave it a B plus. What would, what would your ratings be on this one? I'm probably somewhere around the same. Like, you know, very, very high. Very high B plus. Interesting. So we both give it a B plus. Now, uh, is there anything on this that you know completely failed for you? Like, you, like you're watching, you're like, damn, this one thing really just, you know, it, ah, they lost me right there. Well, well, I'll definitely tell you, I miss the creativity of the Rob Zombie movies. <laughs> you know, we probably didn't need a long, extended backstory for Mike Myers, but Rob yeah. Zombie gave us one. It actually caught my attention with it. Yeah. And then the second one. Oof, I'm sorry, but for my money, Rob Zombie's Halloween Two is just Barnum, probably one of the best Halloween movies, period. If because not of how brutal it was, right? It was very brutal, and the, the death scenes were like, you know, like, ah, that's exactly what I've always wanted to see in Halloween. And not only was it brutal, it was just so eerie. I mean, probably yeah. one of his wife's best performance. Like, yep. that whole psycho shit family aspect they had going on. Like, And then uh, the girl who played Laurie Strode was actually, I thought, really, really good in that. Y'all never forgot. I'm Michael Myers' sister, and I'm totally <laughs> like the, like this, this, that crazy PTSD trip they took her on in that movie was just insane. Like that movie was just so eerie and creepy and weird. Like I really, really liked that Halloween too. Um, I don't know, I probably more than this one. But this one was still like a very fun, fun horror movie. But I miss the creativity of the Rob Zombie movies. Not that this didn't have its moments, but again, just relying so much. On the old movies, you know, again, this is another one where, like, when they weren't, they recreated a couple scenes, they literally showed scenes from the old movie again. 
Um, I thought this movie stood on its own a little bit more, though, than, say, like, Ghostbusters did. Like, this movie was so neat how they made, like, the city of Haddonfield, like, they made the city a character, in a way, with the whole mob thing. Like, that was really fun and really neat, and just in general, I think this movie had a little more to say of its own, a little more to do, but it, it did rely on the old stuff a little more than I'd like to see, and that's what got me nervous about this before I was going into it. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. I can already see where it's going, but I was very, very pleasantly surprised. I mean, look, I'm not going to say that it's winning any Oscars here or anything, but it's a fun horror movie. Yeah, yeah, it really is. One thing I loved about, uh, you know, about the Rob Zombie movies is they brought in uh, Daniel Harris to play Annie Brackett. She's, of course, from Halloween 4 and 5, I want to say. Uh, she played the little girl. Um, and she's all grown up in, uh, in the Rob Zombie movies. And uh, and it, she was a great part of that. I wish they would have brought her back for this one, but I, I like the fact that they brought... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis back for these two movies and possibly the third. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, I don't want to like give uh, too much away here, but I do like the fact that went back to the basic originals that made the original so great. And uh, I, I thoroughly love this movie. I cannot wait to see the third one, see how they wrap this thing up uh, at least until the next, uh, you know, uh, reboot happens, which I'm expecting it to happen in a few years. Uh, as you know, these things go. Uh, now, the director on this one, David Gordon Green. I haven't really seen a lot of his work, uh, so I don't know too much about him. Uh, but I do know that he has uh, done a lot of uh, more action-oriented movies, if I remember right. Now, he did produce the uh, Hellraiser TV show, uh, which is uh, in production now, and he's producing that. I think he might actually uh, be directing some of that stuff also. And he's also uh, directing an Exorcist reboot. So he's getting more and more into like this uh, genre of horror movies. So let's see uh, you know, how, where his career lands. Uh, but so far on this one, I think he nailed it. He's going to direct the next one also, The Halloween Ends, or he's in post-production, I believe, already, or they're you know, producing it or filming it or whatever. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where this ends up. Uh, I give this one, to be honest, uh, it's a fun movie from beginning to the end if you love the horror genre. So I'd give it a, a B plus. Uh, again, uh, I, I thoroughly love this movie. You know what I would love to see them do is make it What's a trilogy. That? Go ahead and like do a Halloween Ends third movie. Tell us a complete trilogy story, then reboot it again. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, I think at this point, though, Scorpio, they have to do that because, I mean, we've seen so many uh, stories, you know, already. Uh, even, you know, and I was kind of depressed because I wanted to see a third one in the Rob Zombie series because that was a really a reboot. I mean, that had a completely different uh, character for Laurie Strode. Uh, didn't bring back Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, it really, like, told its own story within the Halloween franchise. So I was kind of looking forward to seeing the third one. When I heard they were going to reboot it again, I was like, oh, geez, here we go again. But then when I saw the first one of this series, uh, I was blown away by how good it was. And uh, I know some fans have been kind of nitpicking at this one, but, you know, those are probably people that are, they probably don't enjoy this genre to begin with. Uh, but if you like the original Halloweens and if you like, you know, the even the Rob Zombie movies, uh, this one is going to be right up your alley because, again, the horror element is there. 
Uh, the kills are fantastic. The acting, I think, was, you know, on point. Uh, the cast is great. Um, you know, there's really very little to not like in this movie. Uh, from, you know, even bringing back a cameo of Dr. Loomis, the original Dr. Loomis. Not, uh, you know, and look, not to insult the man, because he's a great actor, but Malcolm McDowell is not Dr. Loomis, okay? There's only one Dr. Loomis as far as, as I'm concerned. And I like the fact that they did the best to bring back an element of that character. Uh, one thing I did like about the uh, zombie movies is they brought in Brad Dorif, who, of course, is the voice of Chucky. And they, it was kind of a nod to him. He played the sheriff in that one. Uh, I was almost kind of thinking, yeah, they should maybe bring Robert England into this one just for the hell of it, you know? <laughs> uh, that would be interesting, maybe for the third one. Who knows? Uh, but, look, I, I love this movie. So what will your final grade on this one be? Final grade, definitely just a very, very high B+. Plus. Yeah, and we're, we're uh, both in sync on that one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> So, final thoughts. At the beginning of this episode, I kind of mocked the way that the Ghostbusters franchise has become this, you know, sacred cow battleground. I want to make sure you guys don't get me wrong on this, though. I am for that. You know, if you love something to death, go out there and defend it. If you think it's getting ridden roughshod on, go out there and defend it. Or if you think something is a really, really good remake or revisitation of it, go out there and say why it is. You know, whether it rocks or it stinks, get on the internet and be loud. That's where a lot of the fun is in this stuff. I gotta concur. I, I uh, you just read my mind. I mean, this is exactly what it is. Look, if you're a fan of these movies, uh, you know, just defend it and defend, you know, the honor of what you love. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I, like I said, I'm a huge fan of the Ghostbusters franchise. I, I went out of my way to defend the Ghostbusters uh, franchise in 2016 when I didn't like the story element of that reboot. And I didn't make any friends in the uh, world of Ghostbusters. Let's just say that uh, Paul Feig and company know who I am. And they don't like me very much. Uh, because I took it to them, and I went a little hardcore on them because I knew they were going to mess up. And lo and behold, you know, that movie turned out to be a, a total mess. But as a... Well, it says me, yeah. Well, and, a, and a lot of other people that didn't like that movie. But uh, they're, they're fans of it. The people like you that like that movie for the comedy aspect of it or for whatever reason. For me, it didn't work because it, it wasn't true to the original Ghostbusters, which was horror with comedy elements. And that's what I love about this movie. It has its horror moments with its comedy elements, but it has a deep heart at the core of the movie. And it's all, again, a tribute to the fallen one, Harold Ramis, who played Egon, who passed away in real life. And again, if you are a fan, the last 15, 20 minutes are kind of a tearjerker. So bring your uh, your Kleenex or your towelie or whatever it is you want to bring with you. You might shed some tears when you're in the theater. So I'm just letting you know there might be a tear or two. That's my final thought. Yeah, or bring a cup so you can catch your eyes after they roll out of your head from how corny it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one man's cornball is another man's tearjerker. It's... <laughs> With that said, everybody, this has been At The Movies with Angel the Jackal and Scorpio Moon. Till next time, please remember, hit the subscribe button. And notifications, thumbs up, comment below. Peace, everybody.
damn good show. Thank you.